Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OTs Get Paid podcast, episode 68. Today, we're going to be discussing why making more products and more services in your business doesn't always mean making more money. Before we begin. Have you listened to episode 65, titled, When Should an Entrepreneur Get a Job, with Kylie Etz? Wow, did we hit a nerve. Many people got into my DMs saying, you read my mind. Another one said, you bought me another month or so before I quit. I was just looking for a job, and now I have some more hope. There are legitimate reasons when an entrepreneur should look for a job. And at no point do I ever judge you for making that choice. That's your choice and your choice alone. To those who want to stay in business and feel that they're looking for a job because they are spending too much time and they are in overwhelm, they're not making enough money, there's not enough revenue coming in, there's not enough profit in their company, or they are not making the impact that they want, those are the people that I'm talking to today. Because really, this is almost a part two of that episode. I do not want you leaving for a job if you are up against some of these challenges, because this is what I do for a living. I can help. Let's jump in right now. The problem is, as I mentioned, so many of us get into overwhelm. We have tried all of the things. I've heard stories, and I've had it happen to me too, where our expenses remain the same, but our sales go down, and therefore our revenue is down. We also know that we get into overwhelm because all of a sudden we need to work extra, extra, extra hours to find solutions to why our business machine isn't working anymore. I also know there is a panic that is just starting to filter in to the OT entrepreneurs that I'm talking to about the likelihood of an upcoming recession. That is not clickbait. 
that is not to throw all of us into a panic. I am not, you know, that is not a pain point I'm super leaning into at this point, but it is something to be aware of. And many OTs out there are thinking maybe this is the time to get a job. I do need to tell you that I have been in this exact same place. I remember two and a bit years ago, well, maybe longer than that, when I was just, just, just starting this business, even though at the end of the year, we were a six-figure business, uh, I had sold six figures in services. I was looking for a job at night to bartend because I thought that that would, A, get me out of the house. I was actually stuck behind a computer after seeing kids on the floor all day long and I missed seeing people other than my own children. And I felt that that was a nice way to make some okay money on the side and at night. And I'm very glad. And I, I mean, I was looking at jobs. I applied. I'm very glad I didn't get any of those jobs because what I essentially did was what I'm going to talk about coming up. This is actually something that we are also working on right now in the 100K Club. Many people who are listening to this who have hit this level of you know, feast and famine business owner, that grow to scale phase of money to spare CEO. They did so by selling all of the things. They almost opened, I hear this story a lot. They opened up a business and they got to sell a lot and they kept saying yes because they were in reactive mode. And now their challenge is to slow down to speed up. There's a podcast about that. I don't remember what episode it is, but go check it out. And they are being intentional about how to continue to make this revenue and not work a million hours and not be in overwhelm. And so I see you. I see OTs that love to help. I see OTs that don't want to just have one product or service. You'll hear quite a few OTs that come on this podcast, either in the past or coming up, that are going to tell you, oh, I do this, I sell this offer, and that offers about 50%. And then I do this, and that offer makes up about 20% of my yearly revenue. And sometimes there's a link, and sometimes there's not that much of a link. And I get that. I myself have approached different people to be in a partnership or licensing or whatever, and I hear more often than not, no, you know what, let's just leave a little wiggle room. I want to have, you know, more room to be able to do other things that light me up in business. Another thing I hear is, I've tried all of the things. I did this freebie. I did this course. course. I did this coaching. Kylie talks about that in the episode that I just mentioned at the beginning. She actually says, yeah, I jumped and jumped and jumped and jumped and jumped. And maybe that's why nothing really stuck in terms of being able to create the revenue that she wanted to make in her company. I get it. I see you. There's another kind of classic brick and mortar versus online. There are quite a few of you out there that have a brick and mortar and you want to split. You want like 70% of your time in the brick and mortar maybe seeing some one-on-one clients, you know, having an agency model, supervising teams, being doing the CEO-y things, and you also want, you know, passive income. And you come and you say, I want an online course. That's, I want you to hire you and you're going to help me like, you know, with the company that I already have. And I'm going to start this whole other idea. Many times it's an online course. And when I dig a little deeper, What I'm hearing is that people 
are thinking about having an online course because they want to increase their revenue and their profit without working a million hours. And again, they want to change. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley. As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. The lives of people, their clients, and their community. Now, I'm going to remind you, this is literally the three profits and OTs get paid. Increasing profit, increasing clarity, and increasing impact, because that's the story I hear on a very regular basis. And I'm going to push back on all three of those. Are you ready? The solution is mastery. Mastery is defined as a comprehensive knowledge or skill in a subject or accomplishment. Let's discuss a smidge of theory And then we're going to get into some real nitty-gritty, really actionable things that you can take away. Robert Greene is an author who wrote a book called Mastery. Okay, let's see what he has to say. His latest book, Mastery, is where he, he looks at people in history that he felt were masters. Mozart, he chose Henry Ford, he chose Charles Darwin. I'm not sure which women he chose. And they he distills down the traits and the universal ingredients that made them masters at their skill or subject. And he says that in order to become a master, we need to be accessible to two things. And everyone has accessibility to this, by the way. Everybody can be a master, as long as you have two things. The relentless ability to focus deeply on a subject. And number two is a strong desire to learn. I'm going to say that again. In order to achieve mastery, you need two things which are accessible to all. Number one, the relentless ability to focus deeply. And number two, a strong desire to learn. I think that sounds like a ton of OTs that I know, especially number two, a strong desire to learn. We have growth mindset wrapped up and tied with a bow. I think being lifelong learners is one of our very best traits. What about focusing deeply on a subject? I have met many, many, many OT entrepreneurs, especially, well, in the last year, who are now either officially diagnosed with ADHD or self-proclaimed diagnosed with ADHD. And I agree. And I think it's a profession that can attract that. It demands that we are a jack of all trades. It demands and says to us that anything is solvable. We are trained in a holistic model. Our clinical training tells us that. Our clinical training trains us to be client-centered. And it is my hypothesis today that this ways that we are trained is pulling us into what Robert Greene calls the path of the amateur or the good enough. Okay, I'm going to stop there and let that sink in for a minute. It's kind of scary to put like 
plant a flag in the sand. <laughs> I'm not sure what people are thinking right now. Um, are you calling me an amateur, Trish? Is that what you're thinking? Are you saying that I'm settling for good enough? No, I'm not. But let's explore this a little more. Your brain, we know the brain, your brain wants to conserve energy. We, I also know that your brain has pulled in 100 million directions a day, even more than the average entrepreneur. I know your roles. I know your occupational roles. Parents, children, sandwich generation, friend, the fur baby owner. I see your passions. I see you wanting to make a difference. And I see the hours that you're working and also the hours when you're working, okay, late at night. I know you're being pulled. You don't want to be good enough. I know you don't. And I know you don't want to stay at good enough, and nor do I. But, and I don't like this word, I have a very close friend who's a mediator, and she says anytime you use the word but, anything after that is negated. So a little tidbit, I've tried to take that out of my vocab. We are still spreading ourselves too thin, and we do not get that deep focus. And we do not get that day in and day out. Because our brains are not wired that way and our brains have not been trained that way as OTs. And believe it or not, I am not making this up when I say that Robert Greene says, in order to get out of the path of the amateur, you have to get to the place of rinse and repeat. I'm not making this up. He literally said that. No wonder I love this book. He also said that we need to focus on those things that give us leverage. So remember how we have like the start, grow, and scale phase? Underpaid therapist, feast and famine business owner, CEO with money to spare. Scaling is where we look at leverage. And what I mean by that is where a leverage point is where a small difference can make a large difference. And it's built on the notion that really small, well-focused actions in your business can produce bigger results, like significant, enduring results if they're applied at the right place. So there is a concept that many of you understand in terms of leverage is moving from one to one to one to many. Great. So now what? Now what, Trish? What's next? Give me the nitty gritty. Good. I'm glad you asked that. We're moving into the takeaways. I want you to ask yourself, what are you known for? Do you sell a million things? What's the one thing you want everybody to know about you? Are you willing oof, to leave oof, a little bit of money on the table when you don't have clear products that you're known for? I know you have a passion. And you know what? You might. You might say, you know what? I'm going to work all these extra hours. I'm not going to worry so much about the profit. I'm going to, you know, I want all of this impact. And that's fine. You do you. Remember who I was talking to in the beginning, the people that feel that they are working all the hours, that they are trying to get more money into their company and they're not sure why, okay? I want you to look at the Ascension model and really decide what road you're going down using the Ascension model. I want you to stick with the plan. And if you don't have one, you're going to need to get one. <laughs> because remember, we talked about saying yes, saying yes, saying yes, creating, 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 creating. Ah, I've created a monster. 
And now you need to be less reactive and more proactive. As always, we have a strategic plan, plan freebie. We have the CEO payday. You can hire me. All the things. In a way, creating another stream of income before you have your bestseller nailed down, and that's a little tidbit. We're going to talk about how you know what your bestseller is and how to nail it down, is again a bit of a shiny object thing. It's, a, it's, it's going ahead before mastery. With a strategic plan, you will not be in as much reactive. You will be doing more and you will be smarter than you were back when you started it. You will learn whatever the new strategy is and you can switch course. I want you to make sure that whatever you're doing is solving your product and creating a new product isn't the only way to get money in the door. I want to remind you, all of those, especially those of you who are already selling things, which is many of you that listen to this podcast, you know that it takes a whole bunch of support. Marketing, learning how to sell it in sales, fulfilling that, having operations and systems, having maybe a team, maybe contractors or staff, customer service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody says it is more work than you think to own a business. That is very true. It's also more work than you think to automatically decide to sell a brand new thing or try a brand new whatever, or, you know, just put an online course so you can make some, you know, money. I remember talking to somebody, um, they wanted to put some things up on teachers to teachers and it wasn't really selling. It sounded easy, but there was a whole system there that they needed to tap into in order to make that quote unquote passive income. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to get into the bing, bang, boom. Obviously, strategic planning, yawn. Trish, you always say that. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> I want you to review season two, episode 19, which is the step-by-step -step guide on how to grow your OT business, especially those of you who are not selling anything yet. To those of you who are, we're going to talk about, remember I hinted, maximizing your bestseller. How do you know what your bestseller is? I learned this in my mastermind a couple months ago. Three points. One, if you have regular sales, that means people are buying it, people love it, people want it. That your offer doesn't need an overhaul. So for example, if you sell a product and you say, okay, here's our product, you get to pay monthly, you get access to this, and they say, oh, good. Okay, but I want access to the product, but instead of monthly, I want to buy it weekly, but I want to be able to cancel every third week, and then I want a free month, and then can you add seven new functions? Like, that offer's not working, right? So regular sales, an offer that doesn't need an overhaul, and you have less than 5% in your returns. Again, this is information that I learned in my own mastermind, and I'm passing it along to you. So that's it. If you have those things, then yay you. Then you can go back, season one, episode three, and listen to the Ascension Model episode and build out your Ascension Model. Go for it. Pop it into the OTs Get Paid Facebook group. I would love to see what you're doing and how I can help you build your Ascension Model. Okay, so if that's it, great and easy. Thank you. Turn off the podcast. Thanks, Trish. You just validated everything I'm doing. But what if you don't have a bestseller? What if you don't have those things? Let's examine. First, do you know what your profit is on any of your sellers? Do you know what it costs to deliver this service or product and how much you put in your pocket after? It's not just about the gross. 
Number two, does it align with your values and missions? Does it light you up? If it doesn't, don't do it. Don't force it. The woo of today is you're not going to be able to lean into getting this bestseller and making more magic and growing it and scaling it when it doesn't align to your values and your mission. Again, back to that beat the dead horse strategic plan. Thanks, Trish. I talk about how to build values and mission and a vision statement in the strategic planning episode along with that template. Number three, do you have data about the quality of what you do? I bet on you. I bet 99.9% of the people out there that you help and you serve with your service or your product love what you do. But do you know why? Do you know why they love what you do? I want you to add a system for feedback. It can be a call. If appropriate, it's get a Google review. You can do a survey. I want you to do something so that you get data about the quality of your bestseller or the things that you sell <laughs> so you know what your bestseller can and will be. Number four, I want you to go back and do your market research. Again, this is for people that are already selling things. So I know you've done some market research. If you're not sure, find out. Find out why people didn't buy from you. Do you actually know? When you dig into their objections, first of all, are you good at digging into objections? Are you good at overcoming objections? Do you have a real sales, you know, do you understand that? If not, stay tuned because that's a point coming up. If you've overcome those objections and they still haven't bought from you, why not? And if that's not resonating to go back and find out why people aren't buying for you, Go find your ideal client, whether it's your past ideal client or a dream ideal client, and find out what's happening for them. It's really easy to get people to talk about themselves, <laughs> really, and find out what they're going through. That's what we do. We're therapists. I know you can do this. Have things changed for them? Are you finding out that everyone wants to buy at the end of August, <laughs> but you're not around in August? Are you finding out that every single person goes away in July? Are you figuring out that in peds, there's no point in seeing anybody on a Friday in the winter because everybody's sick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Additionally, it'd be really interesting if they happen to be your past client, do they see any value in coming back? And the last piece is reviewing your sales and marketing system. We do a deep dive in this in my programs, and I also do a marketing masterclass. And I really talk about not throwing spaghetti at the wall and having something with intention and a system. Do you have a marketing and a sales system to implement? And is it on as much automation as possible? Do you know the return on the investment that your marketing gets you? If you're not sure, then start with this. Traffic leads and customers. I know you can't do it all, so start with one of those things. Start with the traffic or leads or customers and focus on one of those things because one of those things will move the needle in your area to help you get more sales. So there's the steps. I want you to do them. <laughs> How's that? Pretty easy, right? Then come into the Facebook group or you can DM me and let me know what's working and what's not working. 
This episode exists to get you wins. Every episode has actionable content. Even the ones where we have much longer conversations, interviews sometimes, there's always something to take away. There's like the listening in piece that people love about the interviews. It's like listening to two OTs talk, right? I love that. Additionally, in those episodes, we always try to have a takeaway. This episode exists for you to take action right away. This exists to get you wins. Before you start creating anything new, do these things first and let me know how it is all going. Until next time. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time. <laughs>